Take your Bibles and turn, if you would. 1 Corinthians. If you're able to put your cell phones on silent, that'd be great. Uh, greetings to all of our online folks. Praise God you can be with us when you can't be. If you could be, perhaps you should be. But we are very grateful that you're with us tonight. We do have notes for you. And uh, the title of tonight's message is Supernatural Living. Supernatural Living. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 4, verse 4. Then we'll go uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. In fact, let me read verse 4 and 5. If you're all there, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Go to chapter 4, and I do have a video that I'd like to show here in just a minute, so you want to cue that up and get ready to drop the lights, please, and make sure the sound's all ready to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, short verse, powerful verse. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You may be seated. Lord, move in power tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you knock the lights and show my cute video? Don't push this button, because that will set off the bomb immediately, and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. No! Does anybody have any tape out there? I want to put some tape over the death button. Nobody has any tape. Not a single person has tape. You have an atomic bomb in your bag. If anybody's going to have tape, it's you. I have to do everything. You are wasting a lot of time. I am That's a really bad sign. I don't know if you've seen the movie, and I'm not wholeheartedly endorsing it to you, but there is this character, and his name is Groot. He doesn't speak any other language but Groot. In fact, the only thing he can say is, I am Groot. And the different tones and the way in which he says it makes up the, the content of his language. And there's certain people that, that learn to speak Groot, so on and so forth. The only thing he can say is, I am Groot. So what, what, what is that about? Well, I'll just remember that, and we'll, we'll tie it into the message here in a bit. The kingdom of God's power was expressed through the ministry of Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, he cast out devils, he healed the sick, he set the captives free. When it was tax time, he told Peter to go fishing, caught a coin, uh, caught a fish and pulled a coin out of the fish's mouth. Jesus constantly displayed the power of the kingdom of God. If you go to Genesis and just do a study of, of reading the, the theme of the entirety of Scripture is the kingdom of God. 
Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. In the Hebrew, at hand, means right here. By, right here. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God. George Ladd said in his book on the kingdom, where the king is, so is the kingdom. So if the king is there, then the kingdom is there. Something you said, Wally, the, just a couple days ago, uh, really has resonated with me. It, it just keeps coming back. I'd wake up in the morning, I hear it. The Lord whispered to it here and there. And it was very simple. Jesus came and he didn't give, don he didn't give pony rides. He didn't give donkey rides. Now that's interesting. Because a lot of youth ministry is filled with donkey rides. Jesus didn't come so you could ride a donkey. He didn't come so we could just come to church tonight and hear a cute little teaching and a little movie with some little thing saying, I am Groot, and laugh a little bit and go home. No, the, the kingdom of God is, is a release of uh, not just not words only. It's not about words. In fact, it's power and demonstration right there. For the kingdom of God is a matter of talk, but of power. Yeah. God is always was looking for a family, Adam and Eve. He made them, and they failed. And so he was looking for somebody else to flow through. He found a Noah eventually. And I'm simplifying the story. Noah, a preacher of righteousness in a crooked and a depraved generation. Flood comes on the earth and Noah, build, Noah the first boat builder, saw the first rain. I love how it says, and God shut Noah in the ark. That's because Noah couldn't shut the door. God shut the door supernaturally and he goes in this ark and this even the dimensions of the ark and the levels of the ark and the, the hole in the top of the ark, all of that has great significance as type and shadows for the New Testament and for the temple, it's profound. But even after Noah comes out of the ark and he, he makes an altar, eventually plants a vineyard and things aren't quite like it was, he gets drunk and, 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 and there's problems. And once again, God's people fail. Over and over, he's looking for a king to rule through. Actually, he wanted to be a theocracy. He wanted to be their lawgiver, their judge, and their king, but they wouldn't have it. They wanted to be like the other, other nation. And so God allows him to have kings, and one king after another fails, one king after another fails, and King David comes, a man after God's own heart, which is always encouraging to me, because David, as he ran from pillar to post, was Saul chasing him. The man after God's own heart was lying, <laughs> scared, running away, not obeying the voice of the prophet. He said, stay in Judah. No, he wouldn't. He'd run. He'd go to, he'd go to the Philistines. He went and he lied to the, the, the 80 priests. He said, oh, Saul has sent me on a journey. No, he's lying. So because he lied to the priests, all the priests get killed by the crazy demonized Saul, a man after God's own heart. It encourages me. <laughs> hey, come on, it ought to encourage you. You, you just like him. Amen. We're just like David, really. He shows us how even in our failings, we can have a heart after God. He comes to his senses and ends up becoming, you know, the king of all of Israel. And out of the lineage of David would come the Messiah. But over and over, all the kings would fail. And finally, ultimately, God said, in the fullness of time, he sent his son. 
the king sent his son into the earth. No longer a Noah that would fail. No longer an Abraham that would fail. No longer an Isaac would have. They couldn't do it. Man can't do it. So he had to come and do it himself. God's eyes roamed throughout the earth looking for a man who would make up a way, a, a, a hedge in the gap of the wall. But he could find none. So he sent his only begotten son, the king of the kingdom, fully God, fully man, born in a manger, and he was walked the earth for 33 and a half years and he modeled what it is to see the heavenly father on the earth. He modeled it through signs, wonders, and miracles. It wasn't about just teaching, although he would teach. In, in Acts chapter 1, Luke, the doctor, writing, says, Dear Theophilus, I began to write to you all that Jesus began to both do and teach. That is what Christianity we have to see that in Christianity. There has to be teaching, but there has to be doing. There has to be both. And if there's not both, then there's an out of balance. The scales are out of balance, and there's not true discipleship. If all you do is read the Word and don't obey it, you're just going to be a religious person. We need to read the Word and, and, and obey it. Right in your notes, the kingdom of God continued to be expressed through the early church, through the name of Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere they went, the power of God was put on display. Everywhere they went. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, there's su living supernaturally is something you should do every day of your life. Every day. And I, something happened over the past couple days as I've been praying and reading the Word. I just started thinking about and noticing all of the miracles. All the time. On a regular basis, I am aware of God's intervention, God's protection, God's provision, God's grace. Over and over and over. I see it there. I see it again. I see it. I mean, I asked my wife, what, what did the Lord do supernaturally? And she started rattling off some things. He's kept me. I've got my health. And, and you know, sometimes there's like, oh, and the dead got raised. But honestly, the fact that you have a pulse right now. You have a pulse. That is a supernatural gift from God. And sometimes we, we, we lose track of that. But let's, let's be real tonight. It's not that you just have a pulse. You can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. There's miracles. There's miracles that are waiting to be released through your life and mine if we'll just get a boldness to do it. Pastor Vince, we were, we were in prayer this morning. The same scripture just jumped out and slapped us. Just straight slapped us right across the face. It was out of the book of Luke chapter 11. And it said, Jesus said, go heal the sick. So they went and they healed the sick. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus said, go heal the sick. So they went and they healed the sick. It's really as simple as that. It's as simple as obeying and going and, and doing it. So the first century church exploded with power because of the power of God, not because they were cute teachers, not because they could talk good. Groot couldn't talk too good, this guy Groot. We just saw you. Maybe you didn't see the movie. And again, I'm not endorsing it, okay? But this Mr. I am Groot saved everybody at one point. He was, I mean, I am Groot. When he was angry, man, he, he just would wipe out all the enemies. He had unique abilities. I mean, it was like, the, it really was like supernatural Groot. But, but he didn't do it with words. He did it with demonstration. In Acts chapter 14, verse 3, it says, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. 
let me, let me just take this apart for just a second. They spoke boldly for the Lord. First of all, boldness comes from a confidence that's in the Lord. It comes from a heart that's not under condemnation or conviction. It, well, I mean the conviction of His love and conviction to share the good news of Jesus. But it's, it's a heart of confidence. Many people don't have a boldness because they're living half-hearted for God. And so they don't, they don't boldly come into situations taking authority over stuff. I told this story recently about a dog attacking me on a run. And, uh, I mean, I was praying. I, I don't run with headphones uh, generally, almost never. I'm, I'm sort of a purist when I run. I just like hearing the wind. I like hearing the birds and my feet hit the concrete or the path or whatever. And so I'm running, and I am pushing myself, and I hear, you know, some other feet rapidly approaching. So when I turn around, this dog is full, you know, fangs. It's about to get me. And what came out of me almost scared me. If I was a dog... If I was a dog, I, I mean, I would have been scared. In fact, if anybody was watching, it's not the kind of thing that would be like, it would have been an amazing video. It would have gotten lots of hits on YouTube and all of that. Because all of a sudden, you know, this little runner in his little shorts, little bald guy running along became, you would have think that it was a demon, but it wasn't a demon. It was the righteous or as bold as a lion. It was like, it was like the lion of the tribe of Judah came out of my mouth. And this dog peed itself and ran like I scalded it with water. Because it, it realized, oh, I'm going to get killed. And what came out of me, and I, I shared this already, but what came out of me was just like, I brought my fist back, and I was just going to rip its jaws open and kill it. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I wasn't scared. I was completely in attack death mode. And as the dog's running away, all this trash talk comes out of my mouth. And the owner is in a distance listening. So, so this rush of anointing and power comes on me. And the dog's like, I, I, I. I said, that's right, man. You want a piece of me? Come on back. And the owner's like, hey, it's okay. I said, yeah, it's okay. Boldness. They boldly spoke the word of the Lord. I have found this. When I am anointed of the Holy Spirit, prayed up full of the word, a boldness comes on me. And when I boldly preach the word of God, then demons flee, sickness goes. Listen, I'm telling you something. Do you have to yell? No, I, I don't. I did lose my voice. I, I did an experiment with the Lord a, a, a while ago. I lost my voice. And the Lord's like, I was like, oh, I don't know what am I going to do? He said, well, you could just whisper. So I went to break a devil off of somebody. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go, poof, free. You don't have to yell. Authority doesn't come with a loud voice. I've seen people use loud voices to pretend that try to act like they have authority, and they have none. But there is something about a boldness that moves you. They were moved by the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And then God confirmed their message. Everybody say that. God what? Confirm their message. In your life, the Lord wants you to live supernaturally. God will confirm the fact that he's on the throne and he's defeated hell, death, and the grave. He will confirm the fact. Cancers have to go. Diseases have to go. 
infirmities, impossibilities, no such thing. There's no such thing in the name of Jesus, impossibilities, bow the knee. You say, well, I've never seen that. Maybe you need to get some boldness that comes from being baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Word and convinced. You have to be convinced. Oh, I, I, I'm going I'm to go there for a second. In the area of giving. I've always believed, well, I didn't always believe in tithing, but after I got discipled and then I got rid of greed and, and poverty, I was like, okay, I'll tithe. I wasn't so happy about it at first, but I started tithing. I didn't really get a hold of supernatural giving for a while, and I'm still growing in that. But I remember my pastor, Dr. James Morocco, said this to me, if you're not convinced that give you, you can outgive God, and if you're not convinced that God wants to flow through you supernaturally, you will never move in the dimension of supernatural giving. And I just, it just punched me right in the spirit. I thought, huh. So I started studying it and, and started looking at it, and faith started rising. Now, that was, this is before we came here. This is, this is back on Kauai, Molokai days, long ago. And I didn't know that I, my teaching really didn't change all that much. But something happened in the spirit. What happened in the spirit is people started getting a hold of it. It was a genuine declaration of faith that, was, that I had a confidence in me. The same is true with miracles. The same is true with healing. The same is true with the things of the kingdom of God. You have to be settled in your own heart that God wants to use you. If you believing or swallowed some pill that it's somebody else or, you know, it's Wally. Just have Wally come over and lay hands on. Well, he'll do it. But how about you do it? How about you get full of fire, full of confidence, full of boldness, and you lay hands the next time your dog is sick, the next time your kid needs some help. Now, I'm, we need each other, and I believe in calling on the Wallies. I believe in calling on your pastor. Come on. If any of you sick among you, James says, if any of you sick among you, let him call upon the elders of the church. Now, how are you going to call on an elder, which is synonymous with pastor? How are you going to call on them if you don't have a church? So you need to have one. You need to find one. And quit being... Look at that. The Holy Spirit's helping me be sweet. So I was going to say, I was going to say prostitute, but then I'm, I'm backing off. Quit being a harlot and bounce around. I was going to say that. <laughs> be committed. Be faithful. Be loyal. Don't just hop around. The man who's in control of his tongue is in control of his entire being. I just blew myself right out of the water. Jesus, help me. Help me be gracious. Where are we? All right, let's look at this text. That's all intro. The text, 1 Corinthians 2. Now, what we do here um, is we endeavor to try to let the word speak louder than anything else. Because the word, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain, will endure forever. So all the illustrations I enjoy, the humor I enjoy, but I really want God's word to speak to you more than anything. So let's, let's look at this. Here's what's happening. The Apostle Paul is defending himself against a segment of the church that sees, listen now, that sees man's wisdom in rhetoric. You know what rhetoric is? It's, it's, it's oratory, it's speech. And they were trained in speech. So sees a man's wisdom in rhetoric as important in order to be accepted as a preacher. So there's those who would say, I am Groot is inadequate. Yet Groot could clear the room. What are you saying? 
the Apostle Paul is responding to the Corinthian church because there was an argument that was put out there that said, if you, in order for you to be a real preacher, you have to be trained in, 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 in rhetoric. You have to have proper speech. You, you have to be eloquent. You have to lay out, clearly lay out, like, the, like Apollos. He, Apollos was a lawyer. He was trained in rhetoric. An incredible speaker. Now, Paul, that was not the case with Paul. In fact, his writing was, he says, in my own writing. Look what big letters I write. We don't know if he had a vision problem. He couldn't write real clearly, apparently, according to the, to the epistles. But the apostle Paul was a very educated man, but it wasn't the, the, his ability to communicate his education that brought the result of seeing a known world turned upside down. What brought the, the, the breakthrough was his ability to put the Holy Spirit on display. That is what it is. So you might feel like I can't talk too good. It's irrelevant. All you need to do, I love this one. I was a movie, I saw a video or testimony, I forget. It was this young kid, it was his transformations of Marysville, I believe, in Washington. God poured out his spirit through a young preacher, Benny Perez, and he was a youth pastor. Do you remember this? And uh, I remember watching this, uh, this video, and it was this kid who, he, he didn't hardly know anything about the gospel. I mean, he knew Jesus died on a cross, rose again, but he couldn't preach real good and talk real good. So he's playing basketball with a bunch of other youth, and he's trying to tell them that God loves him. And so there's this real smart kid try, trying to argue, no, God's dead, this is why, blah, 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 blah. He says, I don't know any of that stuff, man, but, but what I know is if you want to feel God, just take my hand. I have used that. And I'm telling you, if you've got the boldness and the faith to say that, the second they take your hand, they will get touched by God. I am Groot. That'll work. That'll work. Paul, again, a tremendous scholar, but not an orator. Apollos, tremendous orator, but he needed training in some of the things that he didn't have it complete altogether. That's why Priscilla and Aquila brought him to, to get proper training. The Apostle Paul defines his ministry. If you were going to define your ministry, how would you define it? I just did a radio ad um, for us. We're going to be on the radio on, on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, and they're broadcasting. It's 107.1. They're going to be broadcasting for, I think, two hours segments of messages that I've preached here, uh, along with Christian music, and it's hosted by a DJ that goes to our church here, and it's going to be on Sunday mornings. So you're going to start hearing some ads, if you listen to that at all, it's hardcore secular music, but I'm not trying to reach believers, I'm trying to reach everybody else. I mean, we'll reach, you know, we'll reach believers too, but, but the DJ says to me as I'm doing the voiceover, he says, why would somebody want to come to your church? And I thought, that is an excellent question. I said, I'll tell you why. Because you walk in that place and you feel God. You will experience God through his word, through his spirit. You, you will feel his presence there. He said, oh, go, oh say that. Say, wait, say that. Say that. Say that. On that. Say that. Say that. I said, all right. So that's what we say. Something like that. Yeah, come and experience God's power through his word, through his presence, through worship. Come. I don't have a cute teaching. I'm not a very good speaker. I'm not, I, I can articulate. I can communicate. I understand that. But the point is, it's the anointing. It's the power of God being put on display. 
Listen, I'm trying to break this thing down so you don't just come and get fed here. Actually, you swallow something of heaven that when you go out and lay hands on people, a boldness comes out of you and devils run. People get healed. People get set free. Come on, don't just rest and just wait for some guest speaker to come through. You are the, you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. Rise up in a boldness and let, listen, you're, put, you're putting God to the test, really. I mean, you, all you are is a mailman. You're providing an opportunity for God to show up and, and show off. How you walk, how you live, how you pray, whether you live holy or not, yes, all of those things make a difference. You know, wood is not a good conductor of electricity. I think wood is more like an insulator, is that right? Copper, good conductor of electricity. Water, good conductor of electricity. The human body is a good conductor of electricity, mostly water. I think they, if they took all of the components that make you a human being, it boils down to like $8.50 worth of chemicals that you are. Oh, but when, when he breathes in you, come on, you're, you're made in the very end of God. What are you saying? I'm telling you, the way that you live, either you can be wood or concrete. Concrete doesn't release electricity either. There's certain things that make a good conductor of the power of God and certain things that don't. I'm going to tell you that sin will shut down the power of God in your life. Yeah, yeah, it will. Unbelief will shut down the power of God. Your prayerlessness can shut down the power of God. Your sinful living, idolatry, and the like, which I've told you before in past times, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when you live right with God, washed in the blood, having your conscience cleansed, sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, you have a boldness on you. And you boldly can come and be used. And His power can come right through you like a lightning rod. And you don't even have to feel anything. Some of the greatest miracles, I didn't feel anything. I like feeling His power. I mean, I really do. I enjoy that. But you don't have to. So the Apostle Paul defines his ministry as based on the demonstration of the Spirit's power. It's the ability to allow the flow of the Holy Ghost to touch people, lost, hurting, dying, broken people, people that are demonized, people that are addicted, people that are, you know, I, I, I was getting adjusted today, and uh, boy, did I need it. Wonderful chiropractic adjustment. I was hearing a testimony about how God was setting people free, free through, the, through the ministry. And how there was, a, there was a tenacity of the demonic. In other words, have you ever just spoken to a dog and the dog doesn't sit first time? Sit down. It's like, I said sit. And like, sit down. And devils are the same way. Many times they test your, they test your resilience, they test your authority. Come on, someone say, I am Groot. Maybe we should name the message, I am Groot. 1 Corinthians 4.20, here Paul's opponents are arrogant. This, this blows my mind, if you understand the context. Paul, here Paul's opponents are arrogant, and they're talking against the Apostle Paul. And they're acting like he's a do-nothing, when in fact he's the one that founded the church. I mean, what about... What a cursing they're putting on their own lives, bringing dishonor, talking stink about the Apostle Paul. Well, how do you know they're talking about the Apostle Paul? 
How you understand that is you're, that when you read through the epistles, as I've taught you many times before, it's a, you're reading one side of a conversation. So if I say, when you get in my truck, next time I'm talking to my son, let's say, but just hypothetical story. Okay, when you get in my truck, make sure this time you put it in park. What does that tell you? No, just listen. Son, when you get in my truck, this time, be sure when you're done driving, put it in park and turn it off. Okay, how's that? What, 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 what do you think happened? Last time, he left it in drive and he didn't turn it off. Do you understand? Okay, so when you read the epistles, that's, that's what's happening. So you're reading an expose of, of, of a whole scenario of what's happening so the Apostle Paul had these opponents who were arrogant, and they're talking against the Apostle Paul, and we know that from the way that he writes. He says, when, I, when, I, when I, he comes, he will find out what power they have. That is just like, man, the Apostle Paul, I don't think he'd want to mess with this guy. He says, when I come, I'm going to find out what you got. Whoa. And he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of, of talk, but of power. He's saying, okay, when I, when, okay guys, when I come, We'll see. In Acts 13, the Apostle Paul, in verse 6, let me read it to you. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. And there they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, verse 7, who was an attendant of the proconsul. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But... Alemus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Paul, who, uh, Saul, who's also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at him and said, you're a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. You will never, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time and not able to see the light of the sun. And immediately a mist and a darkness came over him and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed. I bet he did. I bet he did. Can you imagine the proconsul like, ah, ah, I'm ready. How do I get saved? Just tell me. This is the Apostle Paul they're making fun of. And when he says, when I show up, I'm going to see what kind of power you have. Listen, the Apostle Paul was just a man. He's just a man. You are just a man. You're just a woman. You're just a human being. But when God comes on you, you can live supernaturally. What are you saying tonight? I'm telling you to contend for another level of power in your life. Don't be somebody who's anemic and, and, and lukewarm and, and apathetic and wishy-washy. It's sissified Christianity for God's sake. Get full of the fire. Get full of the spirit. Get full of the word. Be prayed up and ready. You're supposed to live supernaturally every day of your life. When there's not enough, you can pray. When it rains, you need it to stop. You can speak to rain. You can speak to things and see them change. Devils turn and run like a scalded dog. I'm trying to preach you into a new place of authority and power. What's God saying? Very simply. There shouldn't be a separation between the preaching of God's word and signs and wonders. 
certainly in a church. I'm going to say everywhere, but I'm talking about church first. We will contend all of our lives. And when the next generation takes over, they will contend because we will raise up people like that. The power of God is not something that's afar off. It's been made available for you. It's available for me. Don't let, there be a, don't, don't let there be a partition in your mind. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Where you can sit in church like this and be under the presence and the power of God, anointing, and hear the word preached. And then go outside and get in your car and start worrying about your money. Start worrying about, take authority over stuff. Change the way you live. Change your home. Change your, change your neighborhood. Take authority over things. Take authority over your kids lovingly. Learn to raise them right. Impart truth into them. Be someone who can be counted on for supernatural living. We, need, we don't need more religion. There was a comment made about our cross at the county council meeting. that, uh, And I don't know who made it. And no doubt ignorant to what, who we are and what we do. And that's fine. They soon won't be. But, but they said, we don't want a cross out there saying that this is a religious community. To me, a cross doesn't say that we're religious, not to me. To me, it's a sign of victory. To me, it's a sign that cancer can't live here. To me, it's a sign that you can walk even when you're in a wheelchair. To me, it's a sign of supernatural breakthrough, resurrection, even from the last enemy, which is death. That's what the cross is. And, and we want everybody to know that. There will come a time... When I'm just telling you, talking with some pastors today, we're not the only church that God's pouring out His Spirit in, thank God. It takes a team of people to reach this valley. I'm telling you, there will come a time when news people will come to visit what's happened in this valley, and it will spread to the rest of the state, and it'll happen in other states. We're headed for the greatest revival we've ever seen. And it's going to happen because you are going to be filled with the word, filled with boldness, and you're going to stretch out your hands and see people healed. You say, but, 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 but I am Groot. I know. You know, maybe that's a good thing. I don't talk so good. Well, it ain't about words, is it? Come on, smile at me. Don't let there be a separation between God's word and, and the supernatural. How the church grew in the first three centuries was by sons and wonders. And I'm going to tell you how we're growing. By signs and wonders. In John 14, I'm almost on John 14, 12. Turn there, please. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. Well, what works was he doing? Heal the sick, set the captives free, raise the dead. So is there any believers? Anybody here believe in Jesus? Okay. So you can't dismiss this. You can't, don't, don't take a pen and write this out or cross it out of your heart or then justify, well, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't really talking to me. He, he's talking to somebody else. No, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. Very truly, I tell you, whoever, is there, is there, anybody, who, is there anybody who's a whoever here? That's anybody. Is, is anybody here? Raise your hand. 
How many are going to come in a little bit later in the service? You'll be here. Just raise your hand. All right, good. Whoever believes in me, that's anybody, will do the works I've been doing. What did he do? Cleanse the leper, heal the sick, pulled coins out of fish's mouths. He did whatever needed to be done. He put the power of the kingdom of God on display. What are you called to do? Put the power of the kingdom of God on display. Even do greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Now understand in my name what that means is that's not like you get to ask for your, your ex-wife to be terminated. Okay, that's not in his name. You understand. You, you pray for your old boyfriend to, you know, right? No. In my name means everything that that, that means. His name, it's his character, it's, it's his will, it's his word, right? It's, it's so, so, you know, you speaking death and calling fire down on your next door neighbor who plays our music too loud is not in his name. In fact, he said to those, he said, he said, should we call fire down on them, Lord? And he said, you don't know what kind of spirit you're from. You know what spirit you're of. So if it's, if it's his will, that's why you can pray, Lord, save, save my family. In Jesus' name. Then what do you think's happening? He's saving your family because that's his will that none would perish but all would come to repentance. God, break that thing. End it. Bring it. Bring them back to their right mind in Jesus' name. That was so lame. It was like half of you. Come on, how many of you need a breakthrough? Release the breakthrough of finances in my life in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't tithe, that didn't work for you. Save my whole family in Jesus' name. Right. Find out what God's will is and begin to act on that thing. Declare it, pray it, preach it, prophesy it. Take your bony finger and point at unbelief and drive it out of your life. Drive it out of your actions. Drive it out of your mouth. Quit saying that you're a dirtbag. Quit saying that you're not worthy. Quit contradicting God's word and rise up. You're a blood-bought host. You're the, you're the people of God. Your chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Come on, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I wake up in the morning, the devil runs. I've got favor with God. I've got favor with man. His anointing is real. It's upon my life. It's not counterfeit. He's leading me into all truth. I have supernatural strength, supernatural ability. I've got favor. I've got favor. The angels of God encamp around me because I've been made righteous by the blood. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. No one can snatch me because he's carved me in his hand. Ah, hallelujah. Come on, shout and clap to God. Woo. I just preached myself happy. I feel like I could swing out on a corn stalk and spit right in the devil's eye. Faith in Jesus, the king, releases the kingdom's power. Two, prayer. 
Prayer creates an atmosphere for miracles. Prayer is key. Every guest, nearly every guest, I can't remember one that didn't say this, but there might be, so I'm going to say nearly. Nearly every guest that comes through this place says, man, there is really like a freedom there. There's like a, man, I loved preaching to your people. You know why that is? Does anybody want to know why? It's not because you all look pretty and handsome and stuff. That's true. It's true. Because he makes all things beautiful. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's because of prayer here. Prayer brings the atmosphere of miracles. I mean, if you do a study on prayer and, and the efficacy of the blood and the name and the authority we have in prayer, and you begin to understand actually what prayer is all about, you'll actually then, once you realize that, you'll begin to develop a prayer life. If you could see what would be released through your life if you developed a consistent prayer, I don't mean 21 days you go for it and then you backslide for the rest of the year. I mean day in, day out, consistently seeking Him, consistently lifting up His name, consistently declaring the Word of God, consistently praying, preaching, prophesying, lifting up holy hands, making your house a cathedral, letting worship ring in your car instead of singing those sad country songs. Instead of bumping and grinding to some flesh-induced music, Letting your heart be filled with the glory, the glory, the glory of the Lord. Calling on Him, letting His power come, letting His presence come, letting Him fill you, flood you. That when you get overwhelmed with hopelessness and sorrow and sadness and loneliness, you hit your knees and you cry out to God and maybe pray in your heavenly language. Instead of jump on Facebook and, 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 and sedate yourself with all the drama even good drama you begin to call on him Jeremiah 33 3 call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not the Lord says tonight there's an open heaven for you I've made a way and I'm reaching out and I'm stirring you to action I'm stirring your faith through the preaching of my word I'm stirring you for I have great things for you to do, great things for you to say. Rely on me, lean on me, trust in me, not in the horses and chariots of the day, but in my power, in my word, I long to put on display my power. There is even this hour in this nation a great battle between darkness and light. It is like Elijah and the prophets of Baal, but I have anointed you I have called you and I am pouring oil even over those who would position themselves to receive and then boldly act on a new confidence and a new mantle that I'll release to you. For in that hour when you speak, I will put my words in your mouth and I will put power through your hands. It's forever settled in heaven, says the Lord, forever settled in heaven that power belongs to me. And I release it to whomever I choose. I've called you by name and I brought you out of darkness into my marvelous light. I've translated you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven. You're seated with me in heavenly places. Rise up, church. Rise up, my daughter. Rise up, my son. For this is the hour. This is the time. These are the days.
that the prophet saw far off and you live in the middle of it in the midst of it quit worrying and wringing your hands and begin to declare my will begin to declare my word begin to pray in my name and I will do it nothing will be impossible for you all of your life according to your faith it will be done unto you let your faith rise in this hour let there is no impossibilities let your faith rise in this hour there's no impossibilities let your faith rise in this hour to walk even upon the water of your circumstances speak to the mountain and command them to be moved speak to the darkness and command it to flee declare the kingdom of God is at hand declare the kingdom of God is at hand opioids and addiction and drugs cannot stand before me oh I and in me there is unsearchable unspeakable light and glory with one word from my mouth I can decimate all the armies of the earth begin to walk in a new power and authority and see my kingdom come I've chosen you I've called you walk in new power and new authority and see my kingdom come today is the day of salvation now is the hour of power see my kingdom come says the Lord be obedient so God's power has freedom freedom to flow through you God will not use disobedient, stubborn, ungrateful people. He can't. It opposes his character and it opposes the kingdom. Can't do it. He will use humble, reverent, grateful servants. Keep yourself that place. Keep yourself humble. Keep yourself in a place of gratitude. Look, if that miracle didn't happen and you feel like you've been wronged, just start thanking God you're alive. Be obedient. Be obedient. For know and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know the Holy Spirit. It's a person. It's not an it. It's not a dove. It's not the force. It's a person. to know the Holy Spirit. Spend time with Him. He's not in a rush. We have so many distractions and cell phones and emails and direct messages and things to do, jobs to work, places to go, children to pick up, responsibilities, even though the average male watches six hours of TV a night. If you're going to be used by God, you're going to have to know the Holy Spirit. Secondly, contend for signs and wonders. Ask God. Ask Him. Ask Him for signs and wonders. Ask Him. Come on. Say, Lord. Come on, say with me. Say, Lord. 
release signs and wonders through me in Jesus' name. That's God's will, to release miracles. Be open to letting God use you. Be open to letting God use you. Be open. Some of you can't imagine that. Keep in mind God's purpose for miracles. You know what his purpose is? The purpose is that he would be glorified. That God would be glorified. Not you. Him. Lift your hands all across this place. Holy Spirit, come. Service is almost over. Who's here? You have a, a right elbow problem, tendonitis, something like that in your elbow, right elbow. Right. If that's you, stand just right where you are. Stand up. Lift your hands to heaven. The work that the Lord is doing in your life is, is profound. For season after season, the enemy buffeted you, hemmed you in, tried to even get you to quit and throw in the towel altogether, but you stood firm. And there were those who prayed for you. And eventually you began to, to walk on the strength of your own faith. And the Lord says, I'm not only going to touch your elbow right now, but I'm going to cause you to rise even upon the heights. I'm giving you hind's feet for high places. That comes out of the Old Testament. Hind's feet is deer's feet. It's a picture that you'll be able to walk in the, in the most difficult terrain because there's some things that you're walking through that are difficult right now. But the Lord says, I'm going to make level paths for you. I'm going to make a highway of holiness. I'm straightening things out. I've, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. And I'm intervening in your life on behalf of you, your children, and your family. And I'm going to raise you up, says the Lord. And the, the enemy that you see today, soon you will never see again. And you'll go from glory to glory. I'm healing your heart. You have not been appreciated in times past like the Lord would have you appreciated. Pastor Carrigan, please come. But I say to you, the Lord says to you this night, that you are my precious daughter. That you're beautiful, fearfully, wonderfully made. Right now, in Jesus' name, I call, command this pain to leave her elbow. Not only her elbow, hips, little phantom pains in her body, I command them to go in Jesus' name. Just begin to move that around. Move that hand around, move that elbow around. In the name of Jesus, release your healing now. Release your healing now. Release your healing now. Release your healing now. Release your fire now. Release your power now. I break off words that were spoken over you. Lies like fiery darts that were fired at you at a young age. Things that were said, they're not true. I break them off and I declare God's plan over your life. Holy Spirit. All right, check your elbows out. 
gone. Right? Who healed you? Jesus. Father, thank Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Is there anybody else besides my beloved brother, Jared? Elbow. Come on, we're not going to go much longer. Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we speak over this elbow and the rest of his body as well that needs healing. And in the name of Jesus, we say, body, be healed. By the authority of the blood of the Lamb, by the authority the name of Jesus, the character of Christ, and the finished work of the cross, I speak to this body and I say, line up with God's word and be healed now. The mercy of God. God's got the timing of this whole thing all together. It's, it's beautifully fit and joined together like, like a hand is joined together. The Lord says, I have joined you in this house and in business. And even, even fa- your family, there's a joining together. Even with the ch- your mom's church, there's a beautiful partnership that exists between uh, your mom's church and us all as a family of believers. It's a, it's a beautiful, holy, righteous thing. There's great power there. And the Lord is going to release great favor. Already has happened to your mom and your dad and the church down there as they're building their building. But half the story is yet to have been told for you. It's true. I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to bless you right in the right place. Sometimes the enemy comes to try to mess with you and get you to second think things. Second, you know, you know, they say when you're taking a test and you don't know the answer to the one that you're on, the first answer that you feel is the right one is usually the right answer. The Lord has spoken to you. Don't second guess it. Don't let the enemy come in and try to whisper to you. He's got you. I call in everything that's needed. Release it now, I pray, according to your plan and will. Release it now, in Jesus' name. And you'll teach others to do the same. It's going to happen. It's perfect timings. Everything's all set. Don't worry. Don't worry. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Your glory. Let your glory come, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Come on, ask God to give you a boldness. Come on, ask God to put something new up on you. Just a couple moments, we're done. Ask God to anoint you afresh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John, do quickly come here. Quick, quickly come. God's done an amazing thing for John. Many of you know that. God's opening doors for him to minister in Anchorage in different places. Come on, we just support you and we say yes. We see the call of God. We see the anointing of God. I thank you for the diligence and his training and all that you're doing in and through him. Holy Spirit, we pray fresh fire. We pray fresh anointing. We pray a fresh release. Wally, come and lay hands on him. We pray a fresh release of the glory of God, the fire of God. Lord, that you would break out on the right, that you would break out on the left, in the name of Jesus. As you go even to those churches that are somewhat conservative, the glory and the power of God will be put on display, and you won't have to push it. You won't have to make it happen. I'm going to do it through you. Let your fire come.
a shotgun or something. Whoa. Come on, lift your hands. Like I said, you don't have to feel anything, but you might. Come on, at home. Don't be a, there is no rubbernecking in the kingdom. Come on, participate. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Lift your hands at home. Lift your hands out here. Come on, all across this place under the sound of my voice. God, we ask you. We ask you for fresh boldness. We ask you for signs, wonders, miracles that the kingdom of God would be put on display. Not because of the eloquence of our words. But the kingdom of God is now about food and drink or talk. It is about demonstration of the power of God. So release a fresh confidence and a boldness. As John G. Lake said, we released healing technicians all over Spokane, Washington. And Spokane, Washington was the healthiest city in that day, in that hour. That's what it was said. It was in newspapers all over. It could happen here. It could happen in your home. Quit saying it can't. Quit saying it to somebody else. There ain't no guest speaker that's coming to do it. You are the one. God chose you, appointed you, and, and selected you to bear forth fruit. Quit shaking it off and looking for somebody else. We'll do it together. We'll grow together. Come on. If you feel like you can't speak, well, Groot couldn't speak either. I am Groot. You can have an intimate walk with Jesus that when you walk into the room, you know, there's stories told. There's stories told of these great evangelists and John Cartwright and these circuit-riding preachers and they would walk into uh, these factories. And when they would walk into the factories allowed to go and, and, and talk with factory workers, they would just walk in and there would be shrieks. People would scream, fall out from their machines on the ground in repentance. Whole factories in, this, in the 1800s, 1900, uh, I need to get my dates right. You can go look it up. It's all, it's all on the internet. Shouting Methodists. These revivals, they, they, they came to kill a bunch of Methodists. That's when the Methodists were on fire. They got, got baptized in denominationalism, and most of them lost it. I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying mostly Methodist, the Methodist church. Some portions going apostate. Hello. Almost every denomination started in the fire, but then they, they end up getting away from the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't ever want to do that. These shouting Methodists in, in um, uh, uh, Cane Ridge River. Is that Kentucky? It's called the Cane Ridge River Revival. In fact, there's a, there, they say there's a, there's a revival right now there, an outbreak. Some guy opened a tent. God's pouring out his spirit. Listen, Fox News and CNN don't have a corner on this. And it, so there was a bunch of uh, religious people that didn't want the power of God, so they tried to persecute these Cane Ridge River Methodists. They're called Shouting Methodists. You know why they would shout? Because they're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm sure some of them were faking it too, but there was a genuine. So they would meet in the woods. It's a true story. So a bunch of people got on horses to persecute and, and to basically cut them down. And as they drove out there, the closer they got, all they saw was fire. All they saw was fire. And I think they fell off their horses and they all got saved. You know, it's like they met Jesus or something crazy. You can go read about that. I got a word for you. Is it Matthew? Young man. Sir, I'm drawing a blank in your name. Sometimes that happens to me. Robert, I have a word for you, Robert. God has gifted you in, in a marvelous way, prophetically. But he longs for you to come under a greater, a, a greater covering. 
And that requires submission to authority and teaching and instruction. Part of you is, is, is resisting that simply because of what's taken place in, in the growing up and your own development. But there was a time when you were even persecuted. There was a time when those that made fun of you and, and mocked you and ridiculed you. Going through high school was a difficult time. Going through middle school, difficult time. But I've given you a sensitive and a tender heart. And I'm desiring to call you up to a place of, of greater effectiveness and efficiency. Don't try to carve out your own bank in the river. It won't work. It certainly won't work here. That's me talking. It won't work here. God's hand is on you, clearly. And I'm inviting you to come all the way in and come under the covering of this thing. You have a tremendous prophetic gift. It'll be released or it'll destroy you. Here's how it destroys. It destroys by not having covering. And because you've been wounded at different places in your life, at different times in your life, there's a hesitancy. And you, you've come in, and we're so glad you have. I love you. I, I, you've been watching to make sure this is a healthy thing. You're not so sure about stuff. Listen, in churches, there's healthy people, and there's always unhealthy people. So you just got to, you know, you got to be discerning. At the core of this thing, it's healthy. I invite you to come to the next level. Let go of some of the side periphery things. There's a great release of God's power in and through you. I see miracles being released, power being released. But that'll be limited in its, in its uh, effectiveness if it's not released under a canopy of covering and, and, and anointing. We need each other. You, you, you need that. I need it. We all need accountability in the God's calling you. He's calling you. Did that work? Good. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Come on, just thank Him right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I want you to get in my prophetic class with Minister Ava Minister, and Pastor Vince. I want, Minister Ava, I want them in your class. All right, so if you can work it out, Pastor Vince, good. I want you to work that out. God's given you a great gift, power. That, that, that gift is available for anybody that wants it, truth be told. You long for it, you desire it, you contend, you, you, you earnestly covet the greater gifts. Oh, I'm, I'm talking long, but I hope you've gotten something tonight. Come on, one more time, lift your hands to Jesus and ask God. Ask God for fresh power, for fresh anointing. Lord, we pray fresh power, fresh anointing, a fresh mantle. Lord, we contend for the power of God. Put a boldness on the inside of us. Lord, for those who are struggling with sin, I pray that they would throw it off tonight. For those who are, who are out of joint spiritually, I pray you'd bring the correction tonight. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind demon power and the assignment of the enemy to cause people to be offended or to cause people to reject uh, the, the submitted call. Lord, I think right now, in the name of Jesus, touch your people, release your power in and through us in the highways and byways. We would compel them to come in. That miracles would take place in the marketplace by those who happen to be there as we go about our day. Lord, at school and university. Lord, at Fred Myers and Target. Lord, at Walmart. God, I pray, pour out your spirit in our homes. Lord, in the, in the marketplace, supernaturally, all throughout this place, use us to do even greater works 
than you did as you said it would be better for you to go that you might send another the standby the paracletos the holy spirit the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead we rise tonight and say we will go forth come on say it i will go forth and do signs and wonders and miracles for the glory of god in jesus name everybody said amen very quickly every head bowed every eye closed if you're not right with god don't you leave this place in that condition there really is a place called hell it's to be shunned it's a place called heaven you get to go when you pass if you have the blood of jesus over your life the blood of jesus comes over your life by you repenting of your sin by you believing that jesus died in your place on a cruel cross and rose again three days later if you've never made a decision, you've never been born again, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I implore you, and I plead with you on Christ's behalf to do it tonight, right now. Those online, bow your head all across this place. Say, that's me, Pastor, you're talking to me. Then give your heart to God right now. If that's you, pray this, and we'll all pray it in, re in an affirmation of our faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. And come into my life. Come into my heart. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill and touch each and every one. And now, God bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. God bless you.